Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of the Innkeeper's Guestbook. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddie, here today with business traveler, uh, Mr. Van Sharp. How you doing? Uh, doing well, thanks. All right. Yeah. Van has his own IT company. He came to town for two days. Uh, it's actually his wife, who's a super host in Lexington, she's the one that actually booked the place, which is really good. Um, so we'll get to Lexington in a bit. But I uh, wanted to touch on... Uh, IT company. That's what you do. So how'd you get an IT? Um, so IT, um, here's how I got into IT. Believe it or not, fourth grade, went on a class trip to a pharmaceutical company, Borough's Welcome. And, uh, you know, you're walking around, you're trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. You know, back in those days, you want to be like a policeman or a fireman. So walking around, I'm seeing people working on assembly lines and, you know, whatnot. And then we walked to the IT uh, room. And back in those days, you could actually smoke in your office. I don't want to say what my age is. But anyway, so we walk into this, to the IT room, and the guys there had their feet on a desk, and they were smoking. And so I'm like, hmm, these guys are not working. Those guys out there are working. I think this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so... And from that point on, I mean, I've never had any other career. I've never done anything else. Wow, since fourth grade. And fourth so, grade. so in terms of like computers, were you was it a lot of studying on your own, or was it were there classes that you could take so Actually, in grade school, college, and all that? Well, I I didn't um, I didn't make it an effort to kind of like uh, go into uh, or study computers. I just knew what I wanted to do, and you know, I didn't. Um, so when I was eighteen, I was in the ROTC. You know. You know, recruiters coming out, and uh, I think I took the uh, the uh, military entrance test to kind of get out of a class. No, actually, <laughs> I was I was tardy for class, and they were offering the uh, test in the uh, cafeteria, and I saw the assistant principal. So instead of being like you know him chasing me down saying, "Hey, why you're not in class?" I kind of like deviated and went into the uh, cafeteria, took the test, and. Uh, there began my military career as a computer programmer. So I took the test and then I was like, uh, hey, well, there's, there's only one job that you guys can ever offer me. So I had like Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines come out. I said, you can only give me computer programmer. If you don't have any of this job listed, then there's no point in me going. You know, and there's no mm -hmm. point in you guys talking to me. So, All right. yeah. So what computer programming languages did you start with? Oh, and then... yeah. Back in the day, it was Assembler. Okay. And COBOL. Okay. Yeah. For those uninitiated like myself. <laughs> Similar. You're like, it kind of like you're writing a machine language. You had, like, then you had to know how to actually read binary code. You have to be able to look at a bunch of zeros and one and figure out what it says. Really? Yeah. So would this be akin to, like if we're looking at, say, the Xbox 360 now, this would be like an Atari 7600 or something? Um, would it be before that? Before that. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the Atari, uh, the Commodore 64. Commodore 64, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, the great, you know, the big floppy disk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you probably don't know what a floppy disk looks like. And so now what type of programming languages do you use? Do you well, now I don't really program anymore because pro programming requires you to be uh, in a programmer's mindset, at least then. It did because it required you had to be really in tune and you was always thinking, uh, well, why did my code fail? Why is it not working? So it was always, you was always coding subconsciously. And back then, of course, 
you could be driving then you'd be like ah oh, voila this is why this code isn't working in this particular working storage area or what have you and then you have to stop on the side of the road and write down what you think uh, you need to what how to fix the code or what have you right um, but luckily I was in the, the office I was in it was uh, my supervisor you would code you would work on a couple of uh, projects once you finish a project then it's kind of like a downtime she would let you like try and break other people's code, right? Now, she was the type of person that was so good, she could actually look at your code, at your binary code. She wouldn't even read it in like, you know, how you typed it out, if-then-else statements. She would just look at zeros and ones and then say, hey, go to the screen in your program, hit like Alt-F4 key and see what happens to your code or your program. And okay, you go do it and then it breaks and it blows up. And so... Right. So then actually what you would do is then you, you would spend some time just trying to break other people's code or you would work and try and put together like uh, what's called source libraries. Um, so, I mean, it was it was it was. Yeah. So what is a source library? Well, then you would write these little. Um, say, for instance, you're writing a, a similar like as an assembler. Right. And so sometimes customers say, hey, I want some music to play at this particular spot. So you have to figure out how to make using tones how to make this music play or what kind of music they wanted to hear or and so you might put together a library of a particular song or a particular type of music that you've coded right and so if anybody else wanted to use it in their code they could just grab it and say ah so yeah. like in every single say browser there is a source library code for a text box. Right. And everybody uses, uses yeah. Same, right. And you just somebody insert that here. That, yeah. Right. It's like, you know, why create the will when somebody's already done exactly, it? Exactly. Right? Exactly. So what type of codes do you, what type of programs do you use now? Well, now I don't really write code per se. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I think I asked you that before. Yeah. What I do My now apologies. is I do yeah. scripts. Scripts. Okay. Yeah. So I do, um, I don't use any one particular type. I kind of uh, figure out well, how can I best get away writing this piece of code using the least amount of characters? So, you know, so it could be uh, my main forte is Unix, Unix or Linux, right? And so I may be more comfortable writing something in Perl or just writing a corn script or bash script or, you know, whatever it takes to get the job done. If I've noticed someone else has already done it, then I just go grab their code. <laughs> yeah. So again, why create the recreate the right? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So so what's the name of your company? Sharp IT Services. Sharp IT Services. And is there a specific realm of the yeah. IT world that you specifically focus in? Yeah. So now these days and today is 9/11. Yes, it so is. I can talk about that for a second. So um being in IT, I would always um I would change my discipline in IT like every four or five years, right? Uh, just, you know, out of boredom or just to uh, make yourself a bit more expansive. So started out as a programmer, then went into um, actually uh, being an instructor for applications, right? Um, like Word, Excel, and uh, that, you know, that whole suite. Um, then I went into like, actually, I knew nothing about hardware. So I went in, I worked for a year just dealing with uh, on the hardware side. And then I went back in the software. I was like a uh, Oracle DBA. Um, then went back to being a, uh, a Unix administrator. That that's kind of like where I found my happy space, being God on the machine. You know, you're in control of the environment. You have what we call God rights. You see somebody, uh, you know, you get pissed off at somebody one day. You see they're working. 
you'd actually just go kill their PID and like they're just booted off the system, right? <laughs> so what's a so, PID? Uh, process ID. Oh, okay, process yeah, ID. Yeah, okay. right. And so when you log in, you come in with a process ID, and then you're just like, hmm. Oh, Freddie's working today. What's that you said to me yesterday? I think I'm gonna kill him. He's probably right in the middle of doing something. So whack, right? And it just computer, my computer and, could just go off. Well, you just automatically logged out, and then I could just lock you out. And then, but you know, as the system administrator, you always, you know, you also keep the environments clean, right? Mm-hmm. Be it for, you know, users, you know, DBAs, what have you. You're in charge of the environment. You're like watching the CPU. Uh, you know, you're just you're actually your guide on the machine. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then starting in 9-11, um, you know, we know what happened then. And so what became really big is disaster recovery because a lot of companies had data and it was only in that building. And so, you know, when the buildings went down, then everything about that company went down. They didn't have their, you know, there's nothing stored like another grid, another power grid, a couple of states away or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, from that point, I was, you know, wearing a few different hats, being a system administrator, security, and doing some disaster recovery, but not to the extent that I do now. So that kind of opened that whole door. And now I do strictly um, disaster recovery infrastructures. And that's before yeah. or after the event happens? That was a little bit before, but I delved into it uh, uh, head first after. Okay. Yeah. And because for- the market kind of exploded with it right everybody's like oh wow well this is what happens if you don't have your data duplicated elsewhere got you so you provide either consulting services or the actual like end to end um for companies that nothing bad has happened yet but you're like i'm going to yeah so for instance they're good you know what what i'm doing here in uh, dc it's kind of more on the consulting okay you need to you have a solution in place, but it's a bit archaic. So this is what we need. I mean, you got now you got uh, petabytes of data. You need to push it somewhere else. You don't have a disaster recovery plan in place. I'm sorry, petabytes. Petabytes. That's that's uh, that's above exabytes. Above terabytes. Okay. Yeah. So it's terabytes, petabytes, exabytes. Right, yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then you know they have disaster recovery plans on paper, but uh, not actually in place. So. I go in and say, okay, this is, you know, do some proof of concepts, you know, look at how fast we can, um, like, for instance, right now, it's like, hey, we got this data, but no one knows how fast or how quickly we need to have a server back up, right? So it's like, oh, well, okay, we're pushing this data to San Diego, but you need, you know, if you go out, you will need to bring something back up, you know, do you need it up in 24 hours, three days? Uh, How far back do you need to go? A week, a year, 24 hours, six hours? So those kind of things, right? Okay. Yeah. And so have you ever worked with a company where a disaster happened and you come in kind of to try uh, to reassemble it back? Uh, yeah. So that would be uh, once upon a time with uh, GM in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. I was working for, uh, I, was a, I was a consultant for um, IBM, working for Disney. And then they put out a call for subject matter experts. We have this big snafu in Detroit. We need X number of people to go for a couple of days, right? And uh, yeah, so met some other what we call SMEs in Detroit. And uh, what does a SME stand SME, for? SME, subject matter expert. Okay. 
And then, uh, you know, we kind of like round tabled everything for 24 hours. I mean, we were just working 24 hours a day trying to uh, mm. recreate data. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. That sounds fun. Happen. <laughs> sounds <laughs> a whole, like a whole lot of fun. Oh, well, actually it is fun. You know, it can get a bit mundane and boring if everything is running smooth. I mean, mm. that's what you do is uh, you're working for a disaster, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> and then you can become, you know, because then everybody appreciates you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about backups until they lose something, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty much it. Exactly, that's where insurance comes into play, right? Yeah. So, um, for for those listening at home that have limited to no IT knowledge, right? What are say three things you can tell just the average consumer what they need to do with respect to um, their um, digital life? IT infrastructure in their home that uh, is something that they definitely should do. Yeah, definitely should do is uh, put a thumb drive into your uh, laptop, desktop, what have you, um, and back your stuff up that way. It's the cheapest, you know, quickest way you can get it back. You know, you don't have to worry about. Now, what I normally do is I do both ways. I'll um, I'll use like a, uh, a USB drive. And then for like importance, I wouldn't say important stuff, but for stuff, say if I'm on the road somewhere, right, uh, I do back up certain things to the cloud, right? So that means anywhere I'm at, um, if I have to go to FedEx and hop on a server there, I can go to the cloud and grab certain documents or whatever I need there. All right. And yeah. would this be like a cloud, like Google Drive yeah, or something? Like or do Google you have Drive. Okay. No, I would just use it. I mean, I don't throw a whole lot of stuff out there because I'm usually not going to recover my entire system via that method right mm-hmm. but you know important paperwork that you you know you may need you know you may need a copy of your driver's license or something right take a picture of your driver's license and uh put it in the cloud okay yeah and then if you you know you're somewhere where you've lost your id and that kind of thing you know maybe that might help you out true all right what else what's um, another thing that you would suggest that people do um, well, the other thing um, would be uh, ensure that your uh, everything is on a power strip versus just plugged into a wall. Why is that? Right. Um, just in case you take a uh, surge, a power surge. Uh, you don't worry, have to worry about your, um, you know, your board, your circuit board on your, your laptop being fried. Right. Okay. True. Yeah. So I think, you know, that power strip takes a hit first. Okay. Yeah. What about? Third thing. And the third thing um, I would say is um, don't overspend for something that you don't need. I.e., why pay $2,000 for a laptop when you only surf the internet? Just pay 200 bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the speed is all about in like your bandwidth, you know. So I see people do that all the time. It's like, really? The only thing you do is uh, go to Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you pay $1,500 for this uh, Mac Pro. Yeah, and, it's, and you're just using it to, it's just a, a glorified, you, it's exactly. like buying a Porsche to go to the grocery store. Exactly. Um, so I take it that you don't have any of these uh, internet connected devices, like your refrigerator doesn't get on the internet, does it? Oh, of course. Now, when I was young, I used to be a power user. I mean, I downloaded everything. I was always, uh, I was actually in Best Buy every three days. Wow. I was always looking at stuff, all right, you're testing, you know, just playing with stuff at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Now, I probably go to Best Buy maybe once a year. I don't really download anything. You know, I just, you know, I've kind of chilled out, right? Mm-hmm. So we used to call it back in the day, we would call it like power users. Mm-hmm. You just download stuff to your, uh, you know, your hard drive every day and you uh, never get to use it. Almost like, 
you know, I used to always buy um, the latest uh, PlayStation. I would always buy the PlayStation, the Xbox, and the Wii. I always had the latest ones. As a matter of fact, I still got games from PlayStation 2 that I haven't opened. Wow. So, as you know, as so we, I was re, we were remodeling the condo in Orlando uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I had to, like, uh, I had to um, box up all of these uh, video games, and I would say 80% of them had never been opened. Hey, take like, those to GameStop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, the thing is now, it's like, well, do I even want to go to another, you know, do I even want to get, the, you know, the PlayStation? Is it for this out now? Mm-hmm. Maybe for this out? I mean, because the only thing I use it or would use it for now is, you know, maybe I have a TV somewhere that's not a smart TV and I may need to, you know, use it for Netflix or something. Okay. But outside of that, yeah, you can just get Outside it. of that, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with these devices? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, they're conversation pieces now. So do you think that you could, disassemble one of them and use like the motherboard for something else uh back in the day i used to build my own computers okay well uh, not so much anymore <laughs> i'm just recreating a will yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean that stuff is fun to do and i definitely um at one point because i knew nothing about hardware i mean uh so you know building because i was kind of like a gamer once upon a time okay. and in order to uh have a good gaming uh workstation if you will or good a gaming desktop you had to actually put it together yourself because you couldn't buy good gaming you know you had to put in your own video cards and and uh you know upgrade your memory and that kind of thing so kind of like how uh, people who have cars yeah and they they want to race the car they have to build exactly. the car themselves. yeah got you okay exactly. cool um so what would be the best router on the market that you would suggest people to get i have no, no idea, idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I walk in. Usually when I need something, I'll go in and I'll go to something like CNET. Okay. Right? And I'll like, say, okay, we're giving the top 10, whatever. It could be something like a router or it could be something like a smartwatch. Okay. Right. So I'm very big on reading reviews. Okay. I let other people, now I let other people review the stuff. Yeah. And I they just, just come in behind it, them, figure right? it out. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're using the Chromecast mm-hmm. and I've been, you know, you know, for a while now, I've been uh, tossing up between, um, you know, using uh, Chromecast or using um, um, Roku, Amazon Roku. Well, I have a Roku already, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not as definitely not as robust as uh, Chromecast. Yeah, because I can tie that in, you know, with you know, with the other Google or products, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's funny you said that because I want to say a year ago when we first started doing all stuff with when I just said I'm not going to get cable anymore. I got right. I got every single one of them. I got a Roku, I got a, a Fire Stick, I got Fire a Stick. Apple TV, and I got a Chromecast. <laughs> and the other ones, they all have like the, you know, you have to go through their whole operating system to get to the apps, and some of them have certain apps, some of them don't have certain mm-hmm. apps. And then you have to worry about the whole login process. Do I let people log into my account and do stuff, or do I trust that they have mm-hmm. it? And all that. So Chromecast alleviates all that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, I've been studying it. I actually uh, got rid of my cable like three months ago. Okay. Okay, yeah, I know I'm late, right? No, you're not. You, no, you're right on time. You're right on time. <laughs> yeah, so right now I'm just using Naruko until I kind of have settled in. Uh, well, I think I'm going to go to Chromecast route. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I believe you and your wife have a place because his wife who's the one who actually booked this uh, place for uh, booked the, the two days he stayed with us for, with us. Uh, she's a super host in Lexington, right along bourbon trail. Um, yeah. And I believe their place is like booked constantly. 
because they're they're right in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah, she um, she's definitely into the uh, Airbnb uh, hosting uh, piece of it. Um, I kind of like I kind of stay away from that because <laughs> it's just not. You know, I, I've just I'm I'm not I'm not a good salesman. Put <laughs> it that way. So that's kind of not that's definitely not one of my talents, right? Well, you, you sold me on a number of things right here. Like uh, the four to five years to change of discipline, man. That's something that that's smart, man. That's really smart. Yeah. So And CNET. Yeah. I'm definitely going to mm-hmm. check out CNET. Yeah. CNET's good. All right. I, I go to good. Amazon a lot of times specifically for certain things that I need to get. But um, I know CNET specifically with uh, tech stuff is probably the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You, go, you use Amazon for your reviews as well? Pardon me? You use it for your reviews as well? You review your products there as well? In terms of things I need to buy, so I'm always buying yeah, towels yeah, yeah. and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Because I know a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So she was telling me something about, yeah, towels and stuff like yeah, 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 yeah. She was saying Susie was telling me something about that a couple of days ago, and I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it, it's crazy because because certain things like you know, little things like there's a set of washcloths that you can get mm-hmm. where if you take them and throw them in the the wash immediately. There's a sticker that's on there that if it doesn't come off, it kind of is on there a little yeah. bit and it can ruin the towels. Ah, so going okay. through and reading all that stuff just to find out exactly yeah. what is a towel. Because when, once right. you find it, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. This is my washcloth. This is my towel. This is my hand towel. This is my linens. I'm good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She was trying to tell me something about, yeah, well, we can obviously oh, use now use this site to get this, that, what have you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. But <laughs> Just tell me how much it costs. <laughs> so how long has she been doing the uh, the hosting? For? Uh, she's been doing the hosting probably about two years now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's doing well. She's got super host status. And- yeah, she's that's a good status. And like I said, now it seems like um, there's a lot of uh, real estate mongrels that, you know, they want to you know invest in short term invest in short yeah. exactly and but they, they need don't operators, want to do the work yeah. yeah so they need yeah so it's like okay well yeah no yeah. definitely it's definitely happening I, yeah. I know a couple of people here in the, the DC area that are kind of on that track yeah yeah I mean why not you're not there so exactly um so are you ready for the seven questions um I think I am alright I forgot to look over them today but yeah let's just shoot no straight worry. from the it, hip it'll come, right? it'll come to you I promise Yeah. alright question number one book to add to the library but see I haven't even seen your library so I don't even know what to ask <laughs> right but I'll tell you well, what you know what <laughs> tell you what if you say a book that's already down there that means it's double that good that okay alright so I would suggest the book um 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 The Power of Now the power of no. The power of now. N O W. N O W. Who wrote that book? Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. All right. And tell us about just a brief synopsis of what. Brief synopsis. Okay. The power of now. It's um, basically uh, um, it's a book on spirituality. Okay. Right. So, if we think about now, um. And I'm going to just get, I'm not even going to try and get into the, um, you know, the, the ins and outs of the book, but it, it talks very much about the power of now. It actually talks about being present, right? Because the only time that we have is now, right? The only thing, you know, how we spend 
much of our time either thinking about tomorrow, next week, or we're thinking or we're pissed off about what happened yesterday. Rarely are we ever thinking about the moment that we're in. Hmm. So, okay. All right, number two, podcast to subscribe to, besides this one, of course. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. So then a good podcast to subscribe to would be uh, ESPN uh, First Take. Okay. You like uh, Stephen A. Smith <laughs> Stephen and, uh, a. and and, <laughs> and, and uh, Max and um, uh, yeah, I forget the young name. lady. Uh, she's married to Jalen Rose, right? I yeah, I think so. Me, me Molly. Me, Molly. Molly. There you go. There Molly you go. Karen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's basically a, it's it's an audio version of the show that they just did exactly. earlier. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number three, something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it. Well, I didn't know that I needed the basic knowledge or the basic concept or, the, or, or I didn't know that I needed spirituality until I found it. Okay. This is about maybe a couple of years, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very good. It gives you a sense of direction and purpose. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Opens your eyes to a lot of things. So are the is and the, when I say spirituality, I mean no, you know, it's not like um, it's not like dogma as far as like religion and that kind of thing. Uh, it very much follows a lot of lines of like uh, some Einstein thinking, uh, a lot of uh, quantum physics. You probably never recognize it as quantum physics until you're like looking at it very deeply, right? So okay, so yeah. give give me an example. Oh, for instance, right? Let's say we're talk quantum physics, right? Which you're probably familiar with um, the Matrix, right? Yes. Now, so quantum physics, um, Einstein, uh, spirituality talks about how everything is simply an illusion. Okay. Right. Okay. You believe that? Uh, I okay. I, so, I, I believe well, that there's a there's a fourth dimension. There's there are more dimensions beyond yeah, the third dimension yeah, that we more, can't even comprehend. Right. And so, and actually, everything that we see here, feel right now in this room is an illusion because. How do I know what I see is exactly what you see? Okay, you could take color for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, your walls are white. Okay, mm -hmm. but if you looking at it from your perspective, I have no idea if you actually see this wall as the same color as I do. But because we've always associated what we see as this being white, whereas I could see it as what you would perceive as blue, or you could actually be seeing it as what I would perceive as being yellow. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know, right? True. So everything is an illusion. Everything is about what we believe it to be. And everybody's, you know, a belief is only, or truth is only what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. So are there Which any changes like, all the time? Are there any uh, rituals or uh, 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 processes or anything that you do to connect to the spirituality that you have on yeah. a regular basis? Well, I would say um, one of the things that I like to do that I don't do all the time, right, is. Um, um, and just because I travel and I, I don't get a chance to do it as much as I, I, I like to do is um, usually in the morning, um, especially when I'm in Florida and I'm back into my workout ritual and I always get up um, probably uh, maybe like 45 minutes before uh, daybreak. Okay. And a lot of people do meditation where sitting meditation. Yeah, meditation is good. Uh, whether you're doing it for 30 seconds or 30 minutes or what have you, everyone has their own thing, right? But mine was like actually a walking meditation where I would always walk two miles, um, kind of like right at daybreak, right? At the beginning of the day and it's kind of like, you know, just getting yourself in the right frame of mind, right? Positive thinking. Um, I'm sure you've heard of um, um, manifesting. Right? Yes. Manifest, I mean, 
Um, so in that manifesting, that's all part of spirituality and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? So, uh, yeah, so it's just like, um, you know, setting things in motion for the day, right? Clearing okay. the mind, making sure that, you know, getting rid of a lot of negativity and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of was my mantra for the day. And so it's focused thinking yeah, on, focus on thinking. exactly like, a specific, positive. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times you do is, you, you know, you want to like clear the mind because you're always thinking 24-7, right? Yeah. You're never quiet, right? And so it's almost like... Um, you do this experiment, right? So what I mean, we see homeless people all the time, right? And so, and we hear them talking to themselves, like just just actually sit there and listen to like what they're saying. And you will actually find that the way they're actually talking is the way you're talking in your mind all the time. Like how long do you carry inside your head a straight thought for like five minutes? No, your thoughts are like all over the place. It's like, uh, hmm. Well, I think I smell some smoke. Ah, no, nah, there's nothing burning. Hmm, what was that sound? You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. your mind is always constantly jumping all over everywhere. It's or like, you're thinking in pictures, and you may not even finish pictures. your sentence, or you may Exa- you never have finish gaps. Your sentence. Yeah, exactly. You're always going from one thing to the other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the mind is great for doing stuff like that. So, yeah, so you try to clear it, bring everything in focus. Um, you know, yeah, start the day out that way. To set things in motion. That's cool. And I'm sure the the great weather in Orlando doesn't hurt. The great weather (laughs) doesn't hurt. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it year-round. Yeah, I'm telling you. All right, number four, um, bucket list place to travel. Bucket list place to travel. So this is a place that you have been that you would recommend that the listeners travel to. Okay. Now, this is uh, the place for all my uh, 38-year-olds and younger Amsterdam. Okay. Been As there a young twice. Person. I've been exactly. there twice. Exactly. There you feel me. Nah, <laughs> Amsterdam is actually really, really beautiful. Yeah, it is. Like along the canals and everything. Yeah. Um, and windmills. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I actually lived there for two years. Oh, really? Yeah. So, can you speak Dutch? Nine. I was actually during that time I was uh, married to a uh, German. Okay. Oh, so you can <laughs> you spreke z Deutsch. Kleine. I uh, worked for like three months in Frankfurt. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in my previous life as a commercial yeah. real estate appraiser. Um, <laughs> good, good but it was it was great because um, every weekend they had like company cars, mm-hmm. and so every weekend I would take the car and go to a different city, pretty much. Wow. And, yeah. You know, Frankfurt's right yeah. in the middle of Germany, so exactly. you're pretty much three four mi- three four hours away from Anything. pretty much the whole country. Yeah. Yeah, I um I spent uh, a lot of time there. My so I have a twenty uh twenty four year old daughter, and okay. uh, of course, um she has dual citizenship. And so I used to say when she That's was great. young, uh, we got divorced when she was like three, and okay. so she was she spent every summer there. And so I would either go or, or to take her, or I would bring her back. Her grandparents were there, mm-hmm. and so probably about two years ago, I probably spent probably spent half a year in. Uh, the joys of IT, you can work from anywhere, right? right? So I spent half the year in either Europe or Canada, mm-hmm. right? Just just between the two spots. That's great. Fun. Yeah. That's absolutely great, man. Yeah. All right. So Amsterdam is the city. Amsterdam is the city. All right. Number five, 50 Mile Detour Restaurant. This is a restaurant that if you happen to be 50 miles from it, anywhere in the world, it is worth your while to okay. detour from your intended path of travel to go to this restaurant. There's this place in Florida. Okay. I think it's called a Spanish Mills Restaurant. I am a pancake connoisseur, right? Okay. You can eat them any time of the day. Okay. And so what's great about this, and it's at, it's at a place called uh, 
uh, De Leon Springs. I think it's listed the national park. It's a park there in uh, in Florida, state park in Florida. So De Leon Springs is the name of the, the, the it's city. The name of the park. Oh, okay. What's, what's the name? Of, what's what city is it's it? It's near Deland. Okay. Yeah. And um, and that Spanish Mill uh, restaurant. What's cool about it is that you do your own you have in at your table you have a griddle in the middle of your table mm. so they bring you the pancake batter which they have this special pancake batter and you actually do your own pancakes right there at your table and since i am an expert pancake flipper okay <laughs> yeah that's always very fun for me so 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 your first pancake is just as good as the last pancake. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah, like you know, no one ever cooks my pancake. I have to always cook my own pancakes. Gotcha. So that, that's own. a great segue to number six. <laughs> your number one skill. Is it making pancakes? Oh, making pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my number one skill. Uh I think these days, um, so I'm very much uh I'm into a lot of sports. Sports is kind of like no. Though I'm in IT and sports, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm a guy that uh, I think I'm like one of the best racquetball players in the state of Florida. Okay. Okay. A lot of guys that I play with would, would beg to differ, but <laughs> in my mind, yeah. <laughs> so racquetball is it? Racquetball, yeah. I, I've kind of said, you know, I've kind of, you know, I used to do a lot of basketball and football and stuff like that. I actually started racquetball when I was 17 to work on like uh, having a quick first step. Okay. And then I got away from it for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and then as I became an old man, right? Well, yeah, now it's you know back into playing. You're not an old man. Remember, it's all it's all about your frame of mind, exactly. man. It's, it's all frame of mind. It's all perspective. Right? All perspective. <laughs> all right, last yeah. one. Number one talent. Number one talent is that um, um, I think I'm talented at uh, um, what I would like to say. How's, how would I like to put it? Um, it's very easy for me to flow from, um, um, it's probably an innate ability, but I, I get, I get along well with people as far as like, uh, having people in to their particular comfort zones okay, right? or meeting people at their particular space. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying when people are in their comfort zone, your talent is being able to Michael and meet him at their particular space, okay. regardless of station or, or, or work or what have you, right? In life, so it doesn't matter whether it's uh, a uh, street person or a boardroom person. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I um, have a talent for being a part of every clique, but not of any clique. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. You're 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 a man of all worlds and a man of no worlds at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I I um man, I have some I like crazy stories. Yeah, about uh, yeah, yeah. All right, I, I, I meant to ask earlier, where are you originally from? Oh, originally from Long Beach. Long Beach, California. Yeah, everybody always say um that I have an accent, but they don't know where it's from. I guess sounds Caribbean. I've only been to the Caribbean like maybe twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. How so. many countries have you been to? Wow, I've never even counted them. A That's lot. how many. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been to uh, South America, uh, Central America, um, Canada, Europe, of course. Mm-hmm. So it, it's probably, I'll just go off the top of my head and say 15. Okay. Yeah. 
Because, you know, when you're in Europe, that's all you do. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah, it's very easy to get from point A to point B. Yeah, you hop on the train, you're good to go. You know, okay, we're going to Spain for a couple of days, right? Italy, right? So, yeah. Exactly. It's cool. All right. Um, so, um, is there a website for Sharp IT Services? Um, no, I used to have a website, but I don't really use it anymore. Okay. So, uh, so I had somebody, I like, they had LegalZoom to uh, create a website or somebody that's connected or what, however they do it when they created my company years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I actually, my business mostly comes through uh, companies like uh, EMC. Okay. Right. So I'm kind of like on certain companies list as a, uh, like if they need consulting work done, right. They kind of like farm their work out. Yeah. Okay. Because again, I'm not a good seller. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if someone listening to this wanted to reach out to you and engage you in your IT consulting services, how should they go about reaching you? Um, how should you go about reaching me and my IT services? That's a good question. Because I've never actually marketed my own company. That's how um, good you are. So yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's all you know. Luckily, IT is um, it's all okay. So what? It, so here's the trick: is that I've been doing IT for so long that um, I'm in a lot of different companies' databases, right? So I get calls and emails on a weekly basis for jobs. So then you kind of you have you know you kind of pick and choose yeah. right so I don't really go out and market anymore I just kind of like look at stuff that comes across and like yeah well I'm interested in this or I'm not interested in this and you know there are times when um, um, I may like be a workaholic for six months and mm-hmm. then I may take, take six months off and just be like you know I feel totally lazy I'm burnt out with this right yeah and yeah so that's, that's, that's kind beautiful. of like that's you know beautiful. how I work it now right yeah don't really market it it's that I'm in a lot of companies' database, and they just kind of call me when they have some, you know, they need something done. So, all right, yeah. okay. Um, do you have any personal Instagram or Twitter or anything that you want to plug or anything oh, like that? Oh, um, no, I can't say I do. Um, what I like to do with uh, <laughs> somebody asked me the other day is like, why you only have like one pictures and no post to Instagram? <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I use Instagram to look at other people's stuff, right? Yeah, you're a uh, lurker. Twitter, yeah, I'm a lurker. <laughs> I actually, I actually use Instagram, and uh, you know, when my daughter was younger, she had Facebook, and you know, teenagers, you can't, you don't really don't know, they don't tell you a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're following them on social media, then you kind of get an insight of what's going on with them, right? Mm-hmm. So she was on Facebook. And then I guess, you know, teenagers, that's like Facebook for old people, right? <laughs> so then she hopped on it like Instagram and I had to like get over on Instagram just to like, okay, well, let me track you. Let me stalk you on Instagram and then like Twitter, right? And, you know, so that's really the only reason that I'm on those uh, particular feeds. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I found that uh, twi- like um, social media, sometimes it kind of, uh, I find sometimes that I can get too caught up in it. Right, with a lot it's of purposely dis- addictive. Exactly, addictive. with a lot of discussions, it's not necessarily um, um, productive, know, productive or positive or what have you. Right, yeah. I get caught up in it, and so I was like, okay, well, I go off Facebook for like three months, but now what I've done is I've used Facebook to log into so many other applications, say like Spotify. Yeah, it's like. Man, as soon as I deactivate my Facebook page, I can't get in anything else. So now I just have to like leave it up. <laughs> so, 
So I, I, I'm caught in a web, right? Man, yeah. And they, they design it like that on purpose. Exactly. I, I admire it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Van, thank right. you so much for joining us. Hey, it was a pleasure. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this includes another episode of the Innkeeper's Guest Book. I'm the Innkeeper Freddie, coming to you live from Union Inn in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>